Welcome, flower friends, to the Local Flowers Podcast, where you'll fall in love with local seasonal blooms even more by hearing the stories from flower farmers new and experienced. I'm your host, Rochelle, from Freckled Bloom Flower Farm. Welcome. What's blooming, my friends? So I first got to give you a little PSA. If you hear chainsaws in the background, we are starting our Christmas tree harvest. So the guys are out there cutting down the trees. I don't help with that function. Nobody wants to give me a chainsaw. I will likely cut my leg or my arm off. I'm that accident prone. Um, But what I do help with in the Christmas tree harvest is slinging trees. So once they cut the trees, we move them to our landing. A lot of our property is covered with grass. It's not only beautiful, but it serves a function. Our grass areas are landings for the trees. So once the guys harvest the trees, they cut them down, they get hauled to the landings, the grass spots, and then we start baling them. So we have this machine that you put the tree in and then the tree gets wind up with twine and then somebody removes it from the baler and they stack it by you know we have different color tags I posted on Instagram we use a lot of the floral tags and and flagging tags as tags so it's a coordination and this is all Matt he's an expert in it I just am there as an extra set of hands to help but yeah once we get the trees cut and baled also before we bale them we shake them so we put them on this little shaker thing and it just helps shake out all of the needles which I want to just digress on that topic for a second. So the last two years have been very rough for tree farmers, especially around here. We had that one spring and winter that was super wet, which killed a lot of the nobles, which are super popular in this area because essentially they drowned. They don't like a lot of moisture in their feet and their roots. So we've struggled with them. And then just these like super hot heat waves in the summer have totally fried a lot of them so unfortunately a lot of the trees are not sellable which is a huge hit especially when you're growing Christmas trees for seven to ten years to get to that seven year mark and then have to burn them um, is a hit to the soul but a lot of the trees right now have this burnt needle loss we'll be spending a lot of time shaking the trees to try to get that dead needle out of the Christmas tree but mother nature which I was not anticipating I've been so like just going so hard my daughter had her birthday party and usually I look at my weather app constantly but I didn't for Saturday and I was going to have a fall bulb sale and I'll talk more about that in a second but we had the most insane rainstorm ever I've never seen it rain that much here in one single day like maybe an eight-hour stretch it was insane but thank you mother nature because Because what that did was that heavy pressure of the rain and the wind helped knock down a lot of those needles. So that was a godsend. Once we shake and bale the trees, they get sorted out. And then we put them on a conveyor and we put them in the truck and they go on their merry way to spread joy throughout the world. And uh, so that process is starting. My husband's super excited to cut all the trees out of our field. We need a restart given all of the conditions we've faced. This whole field, this whole landscape, I've been trying to take pictures. He gets really irritated with me about that. But I was like, you know what? (laughs) As I was standing in the field yesterday, just 
taking it all in. I'm like, this is something that you need to be proud of. He started Christmas tree farming when he was a little boy with his family in high school. He started his own trees and I'm just really proud of him and I'm proud of what we've created and I think there's a time to be humble but there's also a time to recognize how hard you've worked and what it got you. And so yesterday I was being very emotional. It was my daughter's birthday too so I'm turning 40 this year so it's I've been feeling very nostalgic about everything (laughs) yesterday was one of those days but yes we're starting Christmas tree harvest so as many of you are putting on your rain gear to dig up dahlias I'm putting mine on to help take trees from the baler to the conveyor belt so that's how I use my rain gear and essentially what I did with my dahlias is I cut them down to the ground and I put a ton of yard debris compost on top of them and said goodnight, said a prayer, and said, I really hope you guys come back for next year. This is where we all have to find balance and we all have to do what works for us. And that's what's got to work for me because I don't, this time of year, I jump from flower farming to Christmas tree farming and I am super busy and I just, I can't do the dahlia digging, nor do I want to because I hate that job. So anyway, so sorry if you hear some chainsaws, but that's the reality around here and it will be until probably the first week of December. But the crappy weather has kind of been a godsend in a way because I don't know about y'all, but during the summer I feel, and being an Oregonian and specifically in the Pacific Northwest where we get a lot of rain, when the sun is out and it's dry, you are working. Like you have that desire in your soul to get your butt out there and get some stuff done because nobody likes to work in the rain. And I grew up in Eastern Oregon where when it dropped a bit of rain, we just wanted to hunker down. So when when I moved to the western side of the state, I just felt so emotionally depressed from the rain. I've gotten better, but when it's rainy and wet, like I don't want to work in it. But that also is an opportunity for me to do all the business and office work that I've got piling up throughout the season and so I've been really utilizing those days where it's been crappy to get some stuff done and I'm making a small dent in that huge pile that I have which is making me feel better but I still have a lot of stuff I need to do and I like to get all my financials and everything done on New Year's Eve. I want it all wrapped up. I want to jump into January 1 with a fresh start and so I try to get all of my back-end business work done by the end of the year so I really want to start getting that going and finishing in that out should I do more of it quarterly absolutely but you know good intentions don't always follow through I know some people might bulk at that but that's just reality when you're kind of a one-woman show you gotta just roll with the punches and sometimes things fall to the back burner and it is what it is But those rainy days, I've also been getting my act together for my launch of my season three, my Freckled Bloom Flower Club. So if you're just listening in now, that is my version of my CSA. I only do one. I feel like that's what I can manage. It's for my growing season. So this year it will be from May 
to the first week in August. As you've listened to in previous episodes, I have come to the realization I'm not doing anything in August. Our family's really busy in August. After really hustling hard for the last three years, I need to find a pause in my summer life. I need to take my kids on a vacation. You know, they're getting older. They're going to be out of the house and that breaks my heart and I don't have very many summers left with them here before they run off to college or whatever they do in their lives. So I need to focus on creating more memories as a family in the summertime and honestly August for the last three years has been crap. People don't buy flowers. It's too hot and There's no weddings. People are doing what I want to do is vacationing with their family, getting in those last vacations, going to the fair right before school starts. And it's just too crazy in everybody's life and flowers are not top of mind. So why am I busting my butt to sell little of something and working for what, a cent an hour when you really factor in August with those flower sales? So that took experience. That took me going through the process to realize that I don't want to do anything in August. I'll resume once school starts back up. But even then, you know, families are back into sports and all the activities so they get busy too. And I'm just learning through this all of when are the ideal times to sell my flowers and what business outlets are the best for me and what I should focus on. And have I had to experiment with it all? Absolutely, because what one farmer's doing and another farmer's doing may not work for you and it may not work for your community or your customer base. So for instance, you know, you see a lot of people offering like holiday wreaths or holiday workshops or all the things that you can do at the holidays to sell. For me, I'll use wreaths as an example and I know you guys have heard this a lot from me. I know that's super popular in the flower farming community, but here where they are in abundance and everybody does them, it's not worth my time. I need to find another outlet to really focus hard on. Also, I know I'm going to be all over the place on this. Sorry, you guys know me. But you see a lot of farmers doing fall bulb cells. Well, I used to partake in them too. You know, it was my way of finding new varieties and trialing them and seeing what I liked. Because I didn't want to buy 500 bulbs of one variety, nor did I have the cash flow to do that. So by purchasing from other flower farmers, I was able to find what flowers I absolutely loved. And then I could go make a wholesale purchase. And I want to make a note about that right here and right now. Uh, You can very easily get in debt trying to build your farm. I've had this conversation with my husband over and over again that I know there's this pressure to be profitable and all the things. But you're also building a business and a farm. But do it wisely. Don't get into financial debt over it because you may get into like year three, four, ten or whatever it may be and you realize that this is not the lifestyle that you want. And oftentimes, you know, we're investing in perennials that take years to get to maturity. So really thinking through your financial goals, your personal goals, and don't get yourself into debt. 
That's all I got to say. That's my one big piece of advice is do not get yourself into debt. Grow small and then gradually grow your business because it is not worth that financial debt. And the fall is really hard because your flower sales have slowed down. You're purchasing a lot of fall bulbs. Hopefully you've saved for those fall bulbs, but there's a lot of pressure when you're looking online and you're seeing some flower farmers showing up with like a forklift full of bulbs and you feel like you have to do that. But if you don't have a market for that, you do not have to do that. <laughs> like from my own personal experience, I have grown gradually over the years. This this year I've taken on more fall bulbs because last year I learned that Mother's Day was a great way to sell my flowers and tulips as much as I hated them they offered me a bulk to an arrangement that I need for Mother's Day so I bought more tulips probably a little too many but I'll use them the great thing about tulips but a caveat there is you need a cooler you definitely need a cooler for tulips that must be the first thing you do but also you can get like an old refrigerator that works too I have worked out of a refrigerator and a convenience store pop cooler for three years and I've had to do rotating a lot and really shoving those tulips in that refrigerator and cooler but this year I'm going to build myself a walk-in cooler like I've got myself there gradually I've saved the money gradually so I can expand same goes with buying the bulbs is saving the money so I can expand anyway so we're into fall and as I'm trying to figure out how how I can bring income in to buy my flower seeds, my bulbs, what are the products that I want to offer to try to generate the revenue. I've slowly started to create a merch line, which is not only frustrating to try to figure out where do you order this stuff, how do you design it, and then all the things that go with that, but that can be expensive too. I mean, those sweatshirts and hats and all that to acquire like at least, you know, like for instance, I acquired four pieces of each size so I could at least get a sample of product to see if people would even buy it. And this has kind of been my philosophy. Have a small amount of product, test it, see if people are interested in it. If they're not interested in it, then it is a giveaway or I often will include a gift in a order or something like that and so that goes with it. The merch I'm hoping to push this fall as I'm going to participate in a shop small Saturday little market so I'm hoping to push my merch then and you know your diehard flower friends are going to support you and many of them are like I need a sweatshirt. <laughs> I've been there from day one I need a sweatshirt but I didn't order thousands upon thousands of sweatshirts. I just have tested this theory with small quantities. Also a really popular thing are calendars. Oh boy. I asked around, you know, just curious to see what people were doing in her crickets. So I had to figure this out on my own, which was so frustrating because it feels like you're not only trying to manage the farming, the business, the floristry, but now you're creating products. And that in itself does not come with a manual. 
manual and it's a lot of work and a lot of underappreciated time that doesn't get factored into the cost. And so I'm going to here share you with you my experience. And if Shutterfly wants to sponsor me after hearing this, man, that would make me happy. But I went to my local print shop. I asked around to see if I could keep the printing of a calendar local because enough people told me they were interested. So I thought I would, you know, start with small quantities, see if I could sell them and then go from there. And so I reached out to my local print shop. It was not cheap. And I didn't feel like people were going to spend $40 on a calendar, if I'm quite frank. So, and she was like, you know, you got to design it. I'll just essentially print it. I had to go do some more research, figure it out by myself, unfortunately. I didn't really have any help with this. So if you guys all have ideas for a better way, please send them to me and I'll update the audience with any of your suggestions. But I use Shutterfly a lot for holiday gifts and my Christmas cards. And so I love it. And I just got on the help feature and started asking them questions. I'm like, do you guys do wholesale orders? Then she sent me a link and she was like, yes, we do. So I was able to create the calendar the way I wanted to create it and then purchase it at a wholesale rate so I could resell it. And I think they're fabulous. I'm including mugs in my welcome package and I got them through there as well. I looked into a couple other companies but I mean the shipping it was insane Uh, that's where I put the calendars together so I'm staring at a stack of them I'm hoping to sell a majority of them at the market on Saturday after Thanksgiving also have put them on my website which I'm going to digress into that right now oh my gosh that is another thing to get so frustrated about my parents were here this weekend and I'm just like could not figure this out my website host has changed all the titling everything has moved I even feel this way with Instagram I tried to record a reel the other day and it didn't record my voice I'm like what the heck like stop I I swear to all the tech guys and gals out there please stop changing everything on us it's awful anyways so I couldn't figure out the stupid shipping part and I know that in itself is a whole nother like course or whatever but I don't have time for that I needed to figure it out I want to sell these calendars because I've got friends across the country that want to support me and that's one way that they can do that but I could not figure it out so I'm still in the process I've put it on the back burner for now and I'm gonna dive deeper into it this week and next week I have big goals for myself in the sitting down in my office and getting stuff done. But I'm at the point where I'm just going to include the stupid shipping rate into the flat rate and just make it easy for myself and put a label in the description and say shipping included. Because this is another thing that a lot of these big box companies offering free shipping are killing us. Like, I'm sorry, but I'm not going to stomach that the flat rate shipping is like 10 to $20. Like, why am I doing this? Just to give everything away for free? Unfortunately, though, people have the mentality that shipping is free. And this is where you have to kind of look at your target audience and say, are they willing to pay X, Y, and Z? If not, is it even worth it to do it? 
So the calendars was a perfect example and still on the debate of do I do it again or do I do it in smaller quantities and like offer it as a perk for my Freckled Bloom Flower Club when I launch that they get a calendar also or do I just do smaller quantities and then sell it locally. This is where another lesson that I'm learning. I want to try to do things as much as local as possible. So I purchased you know my wholesale bulb order. My customers when I had my specialty dabs they were so like amazed by them because they never have seen them before. When they hear the word daffodil they were always thought of those yellow daffs in the ditch and when I exposed them to these beautiful pink frilly fragrant daffs their eyes have been opened to the beauty of flowers. I thought it was really cool to just be able to watch the specialty daffs transition in the field and they last a long time out there too. And so I thought it would be so joyous to have them be able to purchase some for themselves and have them in their space but they also can still buy them for me as a cut flower. But I found myself a lot through my whole experience of wanting to leave stuff uncut for my own joy. So there's something to say about, you know, enjoying the flowers in your space, but then also supporting me by buying the cut flowers and being able to enjoy them in your home by purchasing them from me, but you still get to enjoy them in the garden as well. Plus, I'm raising thousands upon thousands of a you know particular flower where they may just have five bulbs anyway so I tested the whole let's try to sell spring flower bulbs and I'm just doing it locally I'm not doing the shipping nope not the game I'm gonna be in I just want to bring these beauties to my community I want to see beautiful specialty daffs and all the yards in Estacada that could be my goal and so I started that this weekend and the weather really sucked so (laughs) it's a little too soon to evaluate that but it was another source of income for me and my diehards thank you ladies thank you came out even in the pouring down rain and got their bulbs but that's another thing I'm going to bring with me to the shop Saturday market that I'm going to partake in. Also let's talk about the weather for a little bit. We had like two days of frost and it was really cold so that took out the dahlias and most of the flowers although my flowers that are closer to the tree line did not get hit like I still have cosmos. The straw flower are still blooming It's pretty incredible and this is where it's cool to sit there in your space and see what the weather impacts the flowers and what locations and then evaluate what you plant in said locations to give you an extended harvest. But anyway, so we had that bit of frost and then it has warmed up. Like the other day, it was in the high 70s as I was trying to, I'm planting all my tulips in crates. And so I was trying to get them in the crates and move the compost. And I was like drenching in sweat. I was wearing my bibs because I would is getting dirty you know but I wanted to like strip down her shorts because it was just so hot so that had me a little 
little concerned of just this temperature and I've actually got daffs popping through the soil, which I've heard a lot of that from folks that are following me. One of my customers sent me a picture of daffodils blooming in her yard. So uh, I'm really worried about what is to come. Yeah, even selling them in kind of after Thanksgiving, the soil is still going to be workable. I'm keeping them in the cooler, so if anything, they're getting pre-chilled for them. And I've just been communicating that. And also, I've created like a little mixture bag. And with the mixture bag, I've really I did a reel and I've done some planting instructions about put it in a pot. It's cool to see all of these together and the impact of them because I think that's what they see like on social media and so when they go plant one bulb in the landscape and they only see that one flower it really wasn't what they anticipated so by planting all the bulbs in a pot you can see this beautiful impact and it can just be such a beautiful asset to your front porch so that's kind of how I've been selling the bulbs definitely on the fence if I'll do the bulb sale next year but this is how you trial and get the experience. See what works for you and what doesn't work for you. It's also an opportunity for me to um, make some money in the fall time. And then I got to spend a second to talk about my heirloom chrysanthemums because they are incredible. This is my second growing season with them. You know, I did what every most people do is I fell in love with the pretty pictures that first year. Didn't realize how long heirloom chrysanthemums can extend your season. And so many of the varieties I picked were late blooming varieties. And I really didn't get to enjoy them because I didn't have them in a greenhouse. I didn't have any cover over them. And so I didn't get to enjoy their full beauty. And so this year didn't get my act together and like hoop and cover them. But I have improvised and I got my Go Beavers (laughs) tent out there over the mums protecting them from the rain falling upon them and I've been moving it as the different varieties are blooming and oh my gosh they are so pretty so I'll definitely focus on more of those earlier blooming varieties like I've mentioned in previous podcasts just because the dahlias are beautiful but they have a super short vase life and And if you can mix chrysanthemums with your dahlias, I think that's a winning mix. So I'm going to focus a lot on my purchasing for the earlier varieties this next year. I'm just going to go through the different cultivars and maybe that's not the right name so don't shoot me if it isn't. But so I went through the different cultivars and you know picked different varieties just to trial what I like. And you know that listen to me long enough you know I like different textures. In the mum family you do have the opportunity to have these different textures. So the spider variety is really cool but I don't know if I'm 100% in love with it, but I think it is a cool like asset to a bouquet. The quills, same. It's very unique and different. The anemones, I love more. They are just different, different texture. But what I absolutely love 
absolutely love pompons. They offer so many buds to a single stem. I don't pinch my mums. I do kind of initially because I try to take a cutting off that cutting. And so I did get branching off my plants. They just produce so many stems and so many buds on a stem. So the palm ponds are definitely one that I want to grow more of. The incurve, uh, incredible. Like they're so cool. Gorge Coochman is one that I've absolutely loved, but my favorite are the intermediate in curve. So Alexis is probably the one I love the most. She is a blush, so she doesn't really fit in the fall like color category, but she is so pretty. And I'm not discounting the blushes because in the sea of the fall colors, those blushes soften up an arrangement and she's just really pretty. You gotta really experience these flowers in person. The pictures, I feel like, don't even do them justice. Gertrude is another one I like and St. Tropez. So there's also the irregular incurve variety or cultivar. Somebody's gonna have to correct me if I'm wrong and I am not a chrysanthemum breeder. I'm just a grower and lover of them. So I may be saying this all wrong and if you are an expert and would love to be on the podcast, please reach out to me. I always get where do I get them and king mums. I feel like they are an incredible grower and business. Their family me like kick me for saying their name because I know that they've been overwhelmed the last couple years with the demand for them but it's such an amazing flower that we can bring back to the states and grow locally and offer. I hope that you all at least experiment with trying to grow them even if they're just for yourself. So my daughter's born in November and I grow them just so I can have flowers for her birthday and I use a lot of them in just decorating my home. I'm done with my fresh flower season. I've cut off all the orders. I don't want to extend my season that way, but for myself, I still want fresh flowers in the house and they last forever. I have an arrangement out on the table that's like three weeks old, still going strong. And they just, they're such an incredible flower. So I want to talk about a little bit about my daughter's birthday. So if you're a November baby, it's hard too because you're like, what flowers, you know, do I have? But I also broke out the dried flowers and not only decorated with the heirloom chrysanthemums, but I used a lot of my dried flowers. So I think it's just flooding Pinterest or social media with different ways that you can celebrate what whatever event you have with a combination, a combination of fresh and a combination of dried flowers. So I feel so accomplished. I finally got my office cleaned up and y'all know you're there with me. Like there are those spaces that just accumulate crap throughout the season. You're like, I'll deal with that later as you throw it on top of the pile. Like my office was that. It was full of dried flowers, event stuff, corsage stuff, jars, faces, paperwork. Like, oh my gosh, I cannot wait to build my workshop. That's all I got to say. And so does my family. But you know, I've said it so many times. Sorry, but it's so true. I'll get there. 
but slowly, not going into debt for this. I finally got it all organized and I feel so much better about myself. But as we go into the fall and this and the winter, I'm going to be making more dried flower crafts. So having it all organized, I feel very accomplished. And now I would like to use all of it so I can get it out and start over. But I will digress for undried flowers for a second because it is top of mind. Status, 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 status. You have to grow status. Number one, it's great for fresh cut arrangements. And I love when I can tell my customers that there are elements within your bouquet that will be dryable. You will have an everlasting bouquet at the end of the season. And I know I've mentioned this before, but I had a customer that actually took that to heart and she took out all the dried pieces and she made a dried flower arrangement out of all the flowers she dried from my bouquets, which I thought was so special. So yeah, status, great fresh, great dried, you can use it across the board for ornaments, for flower arrangements, for all the things. And there's so many different colors, so I can't even recommend a color to you. I say grow it all because you might be making ornaments and you want to do all colors of the rainbow. Well, that flower offers all the colors from blue to yellow, purple, pink, white. It offers it all. Straw flower could make my most favorite flower. I can't tell you how many plants I have out there. I think it's maybe a hundred, but I have have so much straw flower. It is crazy how much straw flower I have, and I've just been so impressed by that plant. It has survived the frost, multiple frost, and it is still blooming. Still blooming. It's crazy, but our weather has been insane, so it's all your your weather, your conditions dependent, but I've been so impressed with the straw flower. One thing I want to plant more of are the grasses. The muscari family most specifically. I love the different varieties. I have a whole bouquet of it on my coffee table and I just think it's so beautiful by itself. Pampas grass and this controversial. I think it's kind of going out but I do not like it. I have had a great example of my experience with pampas grass. So my son he decided that he wanted to be Charles Darwin the night before Halloween. <laughs> I kept telling him for months upon months. He's at that age where, you know, he's a seventh grader. And so unfortunately, our society says that they can no longer be kids again. And they must be these teens and they can't have fun. And if you're in the stage of life, you know what I mean. And it's really sad as a mom. And it's really sad for the kid. And I'm really struggling hard with this age. And he still wants to find joy in all of the things that he did as a kid. But as they're going into their teens, it's just a brutal process. But he's always been very creative. In the last like five years, he's wanted to be some type of scientist. Last year, he was Albert Einstein. And so this year, he decided to be Charles Darwin. So the night before Halloween, he was like, I need a bald cap. I'm like, Tucker, we live in Estacada. Like, it's a 30-minute drive to anywhere. And it is the night before Halloween. Like, it ain't gonna happen. I'll shave your head so you're bald. <laughs> oh, gosh. We did. I totally shaved a bald spot in his head. Later, I made, I shaved the whole head, but <laughs> it was, it was 
awesome. Uh, anyways, and then he's like, I need a really long gray beard. And I'm like, I don't know how I'm going to get you a gray beard. And I'm looking out in the field and I'm like, I've got pampas grass. <laughs> so I went and made him a beard out of the pampas grass. And he turned out to look more of like the Lorax. But you know what? When you throw that on your mom the night before Halloween, you get what you get. And don't throw a fit. But what I learned about pampas grass. So I had a couple plumes that were probably overripe. And I think what florists do with pampas grass is I think they spray it with like hairspray and I should have done that because it was shedding so bad like all over his coat but I didn't really think of that but I had some that were still pretty raw I guess you would say they were perfect they didn't shed they uh, actually he had like the different textures to the beard because of the ripe pampas grass and the pampas grass that was more on the raw side but that was an experience with pampas grass but I have two plants that I regret planting because I regret planting them where I did especially because those plants get so big and their foliage will slice you apart and so what I've done to be able to walk around it is I've started to break it all the way to the top to maintain this thinner structure and so historically I cut it down because I was like oh my gosh if you die I would be okay with it because I like other grasses I have multiple other grasses don't ask me what they are right now but I've found so many other grasses that I love over that pampas grass so and it's so readily available too if you needed it but it is also an invasive species. So you, anything, anything you grow, you should be looking to see if it's an invasive species. This is going to be controversial. But frosted explosion grass, um, I hate that stuff. It's cool, but... If you let it go to seed, you will regret it for the rest of your career in flower farming. It grows in between the trees here like it's a weed. And I just go pluck it out of the field if I need a little firecracker flare. But it just wants to grow everywhere and then it just spreads so bad. So I'm not a fan. It's cool, but I'll harvest it by taking it out of its spaces. So yeah, you just got to make sure that whatever you're growing isn't an invasive species because if you think you've got it controlled, what if it's in a bouquet that you've given to your customer and then they go throw it out in their compost pile and they spread it. So just something to consider. Uh, there's so many other grasses that I want to focus more on in the next season and I feel like I'm kind of, as I'm going into my fourth season, that I'm starting to really, really kind of understand the flowers and foliages and what I like and what my customers like and I'm narrowing in on my focus. So I still have some ordering of seeds to do. I have a big huge stack I'm staring at right now. Uh, I haven't stayed on top of it like I usually do but so those last minute orders I'm kind of like if they are in stock that's awesome. If not it just wasn't meant to be and next year I'll have to get my act together better. 
But, oh my gosh, I've been talking way too long, but I do feel like there's been so much going on just this time of year. You're, you know, getting your flower fields together for the fall. I've been planting bulbs like a crazy lady. This is why I wait for them to come after my daughter's birthday because when they started stacking up, I was just feeling so overwhelmed and it's just better that they're not here. I sold some of my last marigolds right before the frost hit, which that felt awesome. There was a huge ask for them. I posted them to my local Facebook page and I sold out super fast. So next year, I'm going to grow way more of them just for that specific holiday, the Day of the Dead. And um, so I've been working on getting my bulbs planted and compost spread and already need to get more compost and just trying to get ready for this market that I'm going to have the Saturday after Thanksgiving. We're rolling into Christmas tree harvest like I said and then the launch of my freckle bloom flower club so I'm trying to get all my welcome packages together I announced the date and time I've been listening to a lot of podcasts about marketing and just creating this desire around specifically a date and time it creates this anticipation this urgency to sign up and so I'm excited to see what's going to happen because I know that I've got my customers that have been with me for a long time but then I also know that I've got a lot of new interest in the club and I'm excited to see who signs up and how fast it sells out and yeah just I'm excited to see what happens once I launch. I've also just been more intentional about this. I was telling my husband the other day you know my first year with my CSA was all about the flowers and You know, I was in the field and I was, I want to do like a member appreciation flower arranging thing. And it just came to me as I was harvesting flowers. And so I invited them all to do that and they loved it. And I was like, wow, I should do this again. So the second season I did the Mother's Day tea which was last season, and the ladies loved it. They so loved the Mother's Day tea. And I renamed it The Evening with the Flowers. But that was my, you know, my annual appreciation flower ranging evening event. And so I think I'm going to stick again with the Mother's Day tea and The Evening with the Flowers because they really loved it. And I've been working on my website to help better explain what it means to be in the club and just working on my messaging as I'm going to be doing more social media about it leading up to the launch. That that Mother's Day tea is to kick off the season. It's for us to all come together and create this community around local flowers grown here in Estacada. My flower farm, because this is... This is my journey. It's my heart and soul. So connecting with them on a personal level. And then the evening of the flowers is just to celebrate the season and to make that one last bouquet. So as I'm going into my fourth season, I really feel like... This last year for me has been huge. A lot of reflection, a lot of growth, a lot of emotion, a lot of emotion. It's almost been a year since I was laid off from my job in healthcare. That in itself was an emotional roller coaster 
going through that process of this career is what defined me for so many years. It's, you know, I went to college and I got my degrees in healthcare management. I got my MBA. I wanted to climb this corporate ladder. Like I felt like I had to be this like executive, that that's what kind of identified me. And when I had my kids, you know, I gave up so much. You know, I put them in daycare. I had a nanny and I went to the office. I climbed that ladder as much as I could. I struggled to find balance as a mom, a professional, and it it was my life. And then for it to kind of stop was a process. It was a process that I coped with for a long time. It's still very a sensitive topic with me. I started the flowers as I always was a gardener. I love flowers since I was a little girl. But during the pandemic, I didn't have social media, which I really wish I didn't now. But you know, it was my way to cope with everything that was going on. And then when I started Freckle Bloom Flower Farm, that was just out of everybody supporting me saying, you grow such beautiful flowers, Rochelle, start a business. And it was, I didn't even know flower farming was this popular thing. The flowers have saved me so much in my life just through just everything that's ever gone on with me. They've always been there. When I lost my job, having this flower farm and floristry business to fall back on was a saving grace. When I say the flowers have saved me, they really have. They've not only just saved me emotionally from everything I've been through, financially they've helped me keep going. They've also just been this journey for me of growth, personal growth as a woman, a mom, a wife, and just a business person. Let's use the website as an example. The other day I was so frustrated and then I finally figured it out and I just like, I just did this. Moments like that where I'm so overwhelmed with trying to figure out something new and I go through that process and sometimes it can be frustrating and then at the end of it, I figured it out and I learned from it and I look back at, like I told you earlier, I'm going to be 40 and I'm very nostalgic lately. But looking back on the journey, I think that's important. And as we're in this time right now of November and we're about ready to go into the holidays and our seasons have wrapped up, look back. Spend some time to really rest and reflect. I need to do more of it and I have some time scheduled to do it. But it's been good to reflect on, you know, I'm not perfect I'm sure I failed in X, Y, and Z, but I also feel like I've succeeded. I've shown my kids that what it's like to have an, a vision, a dream, and work really, really hard to accomplish it. And I've included them in the process, and they've learned so much, and I'm proud of that. So I may not have an executive title, but I'm still doing something amazing with my life, 
And I have went above and beyond the goals I set for myself. And I think that's important to acknowledge. Well, friends, thanks for sticking with me this long. I just, as we're wrapping up the season and starting to plan for the next one, I think it's just important to reflect on our journeys and kind of go through that process. It'll only help us be stronger for the next season ahead. So thanks for hanging with me. I want to spend a second to say thank you to Kim for her contribution to the podcast. Kim, it means so much. I just want this to be a resource for all of you and it's a resource for myself as well. And I just appreciate so much of your guys' support, whether it's the messages you send me, the contribution that helps me post it online and all the things and continue to do this. I just really appreciate it all and I appreciate each and every one of you. It's been such a blessing to me to grow this community I feel like I've found the people in my life and we may be complete strangers, but I feel like you guys are the best of friends a girl could ever ask for. So thanks for being here. If you want to join me on the podcast, just reach out and I just always appreciate your grace. Set the goal to do this weekly, but I have found with everything that it's a lot of work and I'm going to continue to do it, but it just may not be a schedule date and time that I get them posted just because it does take me a lot of time to edit them and get them out on the airwaves. So I just appreciate your grace and I hope you appreciate the content and if you have any ideas for future topics or guests just reach out. Well my friends take care and I hope that you are doing well and that your fall planting season is going great or whatever task you have on the list. I just am sending you all the good vibes and we'll talk again soon. Take care. Well, that wraps up this episode. Thank you so much for joining in to the conversation and together all boats will rise and local flowers will be blooming fabulous in all of our communities. So if you are a fellow flower farmer that want to join in on the conversation, please reach out to us to get you scheduled for a podcast episode. And if you're just listening in and enjoy the podcast, please share with your friends, your family, and everybody you know. We really appreciate it. Thank you.